Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our Yeah, welcome in to another wonderful episode of Libservative. Corey, this, we've officially entered the holiday season, and Donald Trump is just a gift that keeps on giving. We're certainly going to talk about uh, his latest business venture as we go through the evening. A little bit of housekeeping, we'll talk about the grinder swap. We're going to talk about uh, Kanye's downfall, um, and one thing we're going to try to avoid tonight is kind of the Twitter files conversation. We do have a topic re- within the Twitter files that we want to discuss uh, as it relates, but we spent a lot of time on that last week, and it was a show that I don't think Corey and I will ever do again, where we tried to uh, <laughs> read Barry Weiss's tweets live. Maybe not our best decision. <laughs> Wasn't our greatest show, but we had a good time doing it. Uh, we're not going to do that. I anymore. had fun. I had a good time, too, but it, it probably sounded... I didn't even listen to it. I, I didn't even try to discover what it sounded like uh, on the return. So. Didn't sound half bad. Yeah, but here's the thing. We got to... We got to experiment. We got to try some new things. That wasn't our best look, but it got a bunch of li- it got a bunch of listens. Actually, forgot to mention that in the pre-show. Oh wow! So. Look at us. See, look, this, oh wow! See how much I know. Like I don't know shit. I thought I thought it was a ridiculous episode, but here we are. Oh wow! Oh wow! You're wrong. <laughs> oh, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, uh, sorry, we're late. Uh, we had a bunch of fucking bullshit ass technical issues going on. For anyone that's here for the live stream, by the way. Gave me time to pour another wild turkey rare breed, so there we have it. Wearing this Christmas sweater with the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. Oh, it's not just any Christmas sweater. It's a wild turkey sweater. Ugh. I know. Look at that. It's like well, you planned it. Wild turkey is in no way affiliated with Libservative <laughs> and is uh, not an advertiser for Libservative. I just enjoy. Uh, but if they're looking... For new promoters, go ahead and hit us up. Oh hell yeah! I promote. I promote Wild Turkey. I'd promote the fuck out of it. You're also drinking a Wild Turkey product tonight. Technically, yeah. I mean, not technically. <laughs> I, I am because <laughs> Russell's is uh, distilled by the Wild Turkey Distilling Company. And real quick before we get into it, uh, Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is Libservative Show at or LibservativeShow We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. And you can find our transcripts at LibservativePodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at LibservativePodcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today! I don't even know why I say that part about the WordPress or the TikTok, because we're not doing either. Uh, we still have we still have a little bit of content. We're, we're working on yeah, that. We're, content, I, content, content. Corey and I are working on some new things uh as the, as the new year rolls around, we're gonna we're gonna get through the holidays with our fucking new up year, family. new me. <laughs> as, as you said that as I said, we're gonna get through this holidays these holidays with our fucked up families. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good time. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping here, Corey Walsh. I think. Well, I, first things first. I, well, I I'm just gonna play it. Yeah, I know I'm where you want to start. It. You want to start with the NFT. This is fantastic. I love you, Donald Trump. You know, you ready for this? In a way that's unhealthy. Yeah, that's the Trumpster. Here we go. 
Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's That's enough. Put down the mic. You can collect your Trump <laughs> Digital Cards, just like a baseball card or other collections. He has no idea what a baseball card is. one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes, like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, <laughs> but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. Some of the most riveting dollars, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary. I think the first thing I need to point out it's like he has to realize how fucking ridiculous this is, right? And it's not even right. just the fact that he's trying to sell NFTs of himself. If you're just <laughs> listening and you're not watching the video that we just played, the the way he's depicted in these NFTs is fucking amazing. He's on <laughs> the back of a horse with a cowboy hat waving an American flag. He's, he's an oh, astronaut. <laughs> Here, uh, there's examples on the page here. Let me let me scroll down so you can see some. Oh my god! The page is blowing up because it's taken for like. Look at this fucking was he a Texas Marshal? <laughs> he looks. It's like <laughs> if that's going to be the new season of Walker Texas Ranger, I am out. <laughs> With a football, look at him a race car driver. <laughs> fucking what is this? Oh my god, dude! Like, he's like, you can tell like he's not. He's like, I'm not even sure what NFTs are. I just, I'm, uh, I'm selling them because people told me it was good. They're, they're, they're the best NFTs. They're gonna be, they're gonna be so big. They're gonna be the best NFTs. They will be gone. I like. It's just like that, like little infomercial that he did was so beautifully Trump to a T. Like every time he said something, he had to like reiterate it one more time. Like it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. You're gonna love how beautiful it is, dude. So you know how we set this up, right? I don't. Please tell me though. So yesterday on Truth Social, I wish I saved the picture of it, but he made this post like major announcement. Super big announcement coming tomorrow from your favorite president or whatever on Truth Social. And this was the major announcement. (laughs) Here's here's the thing. We sit here and we make fun of it. He's going to make so much dumb money from this. I'm going to give you – and that's it. I am going to tell you – I'm going to have an unpopular opinion here because I hate Donald Trump as much as the next guy. But I kind of love this. I love this – 
I love the NFTs. For, and the biggest reason why I love the NFTs is that it's so non-political. Like, it's not like, uh, you need to buy these cards because the woke left is taking over the country. It just, he's just, he's he's going back to being like the, like the Donald Trump that I remember as a kid. You know, just this, like, complete... I don't even know what to, I don't even know the descriptive word I want to use here, but like, obviously a complete narcissist and selling himself, which is what Trump does best. And to be honest with you, for all of his shortcomings, he's really good at doing that. He sells himself really well. His brand is re- is really big. It's the biggest brand. It's the best brand. And because it's apolitical, I kind of love it. Even though you're probably going to see, you know, the woke left somehow turn this into. Uh, this is a dog whistle for Nazis or something because that's just Dude, pretty much what they do for everything. I almost want to buy them for like people I know who let Trump live in their head rent free. Be like, hey man, I got you this awesome Christmas gift. It's worth a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's worth a hundred dollars. God <laughs> damn it! I mean, it's, Nobody- that's the thing about it, right? It's like it's obviously a complete grift, and he's he's totally going to be. Uh, Grifting off the same people he's always grifted off of, which is like his his idiot fan base, and so like I, I whatever like I'm not I, if you're able to build a fan base that is so uh, endlessly stupid that they're going to buy these things, then by all means, Trump go like go after it. I have no problem with him taking money from stupid people. I guess is what I would say. <laughs> I know, dude. It's so insane. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's, it's just so funny when he what did he say? He goes. I almost want to play it again. There's a party says he's like, yeah, I don't know, probably. Go ahead, play it again. Let's I, let's have some fun with this. <laughs> Collectrumpcards.com. Go ahead and visit Collectrumpcards.com, which is funny because the site's actually like running really slow right now because you know so many people are looking at it. Either that or the FBI is downgrading it on Google. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington. What? With an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. He's an astronaut cowboy. You can collect your Trump digital cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize. That part. It's what we have. I don't know if that's or an golf amazing with prize. You and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading right cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, 
and this makes a great Christmas gift. No purchase necessary. Void right under the door. So, a couple, of things, a couple of things that I picked out about the second time that I didn't pick out about the first time. The first one was where he's like signed memorabilia from me, and it shows him on camera like signing on an iPad or something. Like he's not even signing anything. No, the signature is an NFT too, Dan. Don't you know? Get with the times, bro. It's 2022. Uh, no, but is that signed memorabilia or is that just Donald Trump's signature? Right. And oh, real quick. So like, Vegan said uh, she's a registered Democrat and would vote for Trump. And not, you know what? That's that's fair. That's that's how he won in 2016. Yeah, she's you know, we're not here to disparage yeah. anyone in whichever way they vote. A lot of the uh, um, a lot of the Obama Midwestern Obama Democrats did vote for Donald Trump. So you know the but this you know kind of going a little bit of a tangent here. This is exactly what or why Trump won. The Democrats have such a piss poor like uh, they. They overpromise and underdeliver to a point so ridiculous that Democrats are willing to vote for Trump. Yeah, and if if Trump had just been like a milk toast Romney Republican, that never would have been the case. Um, but yeah, but he did it. One thing I did notice: he looks like he lost about forty pounds, and his his uh, comb over was a little bit more grayish white than yellow than normal. Yeah, he's just going with that natural look now. What can you say? He's like, I'm a new man, boys. All these cards to commemorate my career as it's showing him like riding an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) An astronaut, a a Texas or U.S. marshal. The thing is, like, we're sitting here making fun of this, but he is going to make money on this. Like, there is. Oh, yeah. As we're sitting here making fun of this, like, now I'd be curious to see what the conversion rates are for the website because you know, you fucking know he's going to be like, oh, yes. The Trump cards website it went down. You know it's, why it's, does your Trump the, sound like Bernie Sanders? Because I am piss poor at making any sort of uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, fuck, I can't think of the is, word. Is it because Bernie and Trump basically turned out to be the same guy <laughs> <laughs> in certain ways? I get the two confused. No, I'm just really bad at imitating people. When billionaires start to make NFTs, it makes them bigger billionaires. That's that's a good Bernie. I'm really bad at imitating people. You really just kind of have to throw your lips out. Throw your lips and your cheeks out while you're talking. You talk about being a socialist. A Brooklyn accent. That's pretty much all you have to do. Uh, anyway, that was the funny. Anyway, that might have been the funniest thing we've talked about. He's about to make so much goddamn money. All these boomers are pulling out their credit cards right now, ready to buy those. Then I even know where it's going. And you know what? And I can't make fun of them too much because I am a person who bought the one foot by one foot plot in Scotland so I could be called a lord. (laughs) So that's, I digress. That's the best thing I've heard all day, Corey. I mean, that just made me happy inside. You didn't know that I was a lord? I didn't know you were a lord. I'm Lord Corey Andrew Walsh of Westington Tire. So what you're telling me is... And I'm also an ordained minister. You are now a member of the elite class, is what you're saying. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a lord. I own land in Scotland. Now you you just have to get knighted by by King Charles, and you'll be all set. I'm not going anywhere near that, man. And his sausage fingers. (laughs) I can say that because he's not my king. We told kings what the how we felt about him in 1776. Well, actually, technically 1792. But anyways. We are not here to, to dwell on technicalities 
Uh, neither is pretty much anybody on Twitter. But first, uh, the Griner swap, Corey. We didn't have a chance to talk about this last week because we got too caught up in the uh, Barry Weiss Twitter files. Uh, what what do you make of the the uh, prisoner swap, as it were? So let me think of a good way to articulate this because my words are already fucking terrible today. Um, <laughs> every day, I have just I just have so many words and I'm trying to just use them and I can't. <laughs> so this is what I'm thinking about it. The fact that short of it being like a pandering thing, I feel like for America to give this guy up, uh, what was his name? Victor, Victor you know, the one B O U T. Is it Bout? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. The one that everyone acts like they knew who he was all of a sudden. First off, he was a gun runner. You know, he sold guns to terrorists and it's like, oh my God, you know, that sounds terrible. But then it's like, all you have to do is pick up a book and you realize that America does the same fucking thing. Mm, isn't that interesting? And I guess we just, we want, we want to sell the guns to the terrorists. We don't want Russia to do it because, you know, America doesn't like, the, the American government doesn't like competition. Um, For the sake that we just gave them up for a basketball player. I think first off, like obviously they they weighed their options. This wasn't just a roll of the dice, and all of a sudden they went, "Yeah, fuck it, let's just fucking do it." I it sounds like the guy is probably doesn't really have the connections he does, and I'm sure now that we know who he is, we're gonna have a lot of tabs on him. That's not the downplay that he has sold guns to people who have killed people, and even that right there, you can go off on a tangent and go, "Okay, well." <laughs> You want to you want to uh, try to hold him uh, to some like into some criminal charge for selling guns to people who use those guns for something else, but then at the same time, in the same breath, you're going to tell the government that they can't hold gun manufacturers accountable for selling guns to people who use those guns to do something else. But that's going really into the weeds in a libertarian <laughs> type thing. So that's a whole nother conversation. But that's just one of the like the thoughts I have ping ponging in my head. Um, I feel like Brittany Griner has probably been going there and playing. I don't know how long she's been going over there and playing, but I'm sure she's been going there for a while playing basketball. And I'm sure she's brought weed with her a lot. And unfortunately, this time she happened to be there when the Ukraine war came kicked off. And her personally, uh, she's just a political pawn being used in this. And I'm happy to see her come home. I'm happy to see any American that's being stuck over there come home. It'd be nice to see Whelan come home. Everyone's acting like he's some American hero, even though he was dishonorably discharged for larceny. But regardless of that, regardless of that charge or weed charge, I'd like to see them both come home. Um, Ultimately... I think it's just meh, whatever. I'm glad to see this chick come home. It sucks that she was put in this position. Whelan might have actually been spying. So like his his case has a little bit more of warrant to being held versus Brittany Griner. Um, I'd like to, you know, I think about it and I'd like to really criticize the idea that we did give up. I mean, on, on the other hand. I'd like to criticize I would like to criticize the idea that we're giving up a 
gun-toting terrorist or gun-toting guy that's selling arms to terrorists over a basketball player as a bad deal. But if you remember, Trump did the same goddamn thing when he gave up 5,000 Taliban terrorists for 1,000 Afghan soldiers. So bad deals happen all the time, regardless of the president. Um, this isn't anything that I've sat there going, God damn it, fuck Brittany Griner. <laughs> and this isn't something that I was like, oh my God, thank God she's home. Yeah. But I mean, I'm that... glad to see that because it is a bullshit charge. It was an absolute bullshit charge. I did look up the laws over there. What she was charged with was like a either 40,000. I forget the, the uh, conversion uh, rate, but it's either 40,000 or $60,000 ruble uh, fine which breaks down to like 453 bucks in America or something like that. It's clear they were doing this as a political ploy because she got caught with her hand in a cookie jar during the Ukraine war when we've been coming down hard on Russia with sanctions. Yeah, I guess my biggest takeaway from this is that like people are assholes because Everything, everyone that you see criticizing this trade, it always says at least one and, and, and oftentimes two different things. And the first is that, oh, uh, Brittany Griner hates America anyway. Why would you want to bring her back home? And it's like, okay. That's, that's, that's the idea of America, but, but, though, yeah, is exactly. to be able to criticize America. Besides the point, she's an American citizen who is a civilian, by the way. She's not involved with the military or intelligence in any in any way. Right. She, as you said, was was turned into this this geopolitical pawn. Right. And she didn't deserve that treatment. Oh, you do the crime, you do the time. Like, and the I just I just the the, the yeah. There's actually you know there's a lot of layers to this because that is that's something to bring up the fact that like oh you did the crime you did you did the time you did the crime. This is now one of the only people that Biden has pardoned for a drug crime even though there's millions of people in his own jurisdiction who are in jail for the same fucking thing that he hasn't pardoned yet right and <clears throat> but, like to me griner is just she was just a civilian and when people go well she hated america anyway she better be she better be wearing an american flag around her shoulders everywhere she goes when she comes home it's like dude do you realize that's one of the things that's great about america is the fact that she's a fucking allowed to be pissed at her own country, whether you agree right. with her reasons is fucking irrelevant. They hate America alluding to like, well, what's the alternative? Iran, China. Right. You know what I mean? That they, they just publicly, publicly executed someone in Iran, uh, in front of everyone because they protested hijabs. Well, and it, yeah. And not, and you had brought up the, uh, the, the, the quote unquote possibility of a bad trade thing. Like people talk about this, like it's the, you can be mad at that, dude. If anyone's mad at is, that, I a hundred percent get it. No, no, no. Here's objectively. why, here's why I disagree with you on that. Because like okay. when you, when you see the discourse on it, they talk about it, like it's a bad, you know, major league baseball trade. Like you traded Mike Trout for a rookie and you know, three bags of peanuts or something like that's the way it's discussed. And at the end of the day, most people don't know who the fuck Victor Bout is or didn't as of, you know, three weeks ago. And well, you know, uh, uh, Putin's got his gun runner again. You know, that's another thing. Real quick, uh, uh, quick double tap. uh, Who hates America? Allegedly Brittany Griner because she she, criticizes our country. She's accused of hating America because of, LGBTQ rights or whatever. I don't know that she actually hates America. I'm just saying what people say. Um, but like Victor Bout, it's like people go, oh, well, 
uh, you know, uh, Putin's got his gun runner back, and it's like, dude, Putin would have. Putin's got other gun runners. Like he doesn't right. give a shit about this guy. Like, stop acting like, like you were giving up this like this guy who's going to end humanity because he's giving guns to terrorists. When we do it, when the Russians do it, when everybody in the West does it, based on what their geopolitical stance is at any given time. And we're not downplaying innocent people dying. Absolutely you know, not. Absolutely not. You know, like we're not doing that. It's just the the culture war that's behind it is what's so just eye rolling that I'm so just like to the point where it's just like like at the end of the day after all of it, I I didn't know who Brittany Griner was until any of this shit. I don't follow the WNBA. I, I, I barely follow funny. the NBA. You know what's funny is I actually watched her a little bit in college because she was such a freak. She when she played at Baylor. Oh really? Was oh, she yeah. really good? Oh, yeah. She's like a she. She won like two Olympic gold medals or whatever. And everyone, no one talks about that. She's more of an American icon than Paul like Whelan was. Whatever. Like, who's dishonorably dishonorably discharged from the military? Which I don't know. Put on your tinfoil hat. Is that a cover? Is he really a spy? Because if he really is a spy, that deal. There's no way that would happen. Well, and the other thing you know, is, like, I don't. As far as I know, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the whoever was negotiating this deal in the Biden administration went to Putin and was like, "Uh, well, can we, we don't get, want Wheelan. We can, want Griner." No, no, it was like, "Can we get Wheelan?" And then, and then, and then Putin was like, "No, but we'll give you Griner." Okay, so like, like again, like it's a fucking Major League Baseball trade. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, like yeah. I, I just, I can't, I can't sit here and say that like that's how these things work. Anyway, I don't really have yeah. much else to say about it. I'm no, I'm, yeah. I'm it's, happy she's it's, home. At the end of the day, it's I'm just like I'm glad she's court. home. Be you can be pissed at the administration for not making a better deal. That's completely warranted. I get it. But the idea of attacking just some chick who just just trying to make a living playing some fucking basketball who got wrapped up in this and like thinking like this is her fault that some terrorist got released because she had a, a fucking cart. A fucking cartridge of weed that would have caught her if she was a, like a citizen of a, like an, at any other time, a four hundred dollar fucking fine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad she's home. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad that. she's home. You know, I can be pissed off at the the government for being inept, but you know what? I'm not surprised. <laughs> if you've listened to our show at all for the last two years, you would know. <laughs> that we do nothing yeah, but I mean, criticize our government for being incompetent. She was basically turned into a caricature, man. It's like it's so easy how quickly people forget. Like, dude, she's got a wife, she's got a family. Like, I mean, yeah, just I mean, imagine. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Even one of the Wheelands were like, you know, like the the, the Wheelands brother or whatever it was, who was on some uh, talk show on the news or whatever, and he said that uh, I'd like to see my brother come home, but I'm glad to see. This person come home you know because, why? because any, we, any true American citizen that like objectively loves our country would like to see anybody who's a citizen here just be brought home. No, it's fuck got, the culture war. It's got to be. It's got to be political. It's automatic. And, and you know why? You know why the Whelan family would say something like that because they above all above understand all people understand what it's like to have your family member locked up in Russia, especially you know during during a, a wartime there. It's I mean. If you're going to listen to anybody, I don't know, maybe listen to the Whelan family. But uh, we can move on to the last uh, housekeeping topic, which is uh, which is Kanye's fall. We did talk about this a few weeks ago. And the only thing I really wanted to mention about this was when it com- is when it comes to the discourse 
regarding Kanye West, right? Like we can all admit that I think whether you're on the left or the right, you can we can all admit that his nonsense has has devolved into a really dark place when it comes to anti-Semitic views. Um, and the people that defend him are still saying things like, uh, you, know, uh, you know, well, he is right. There are a lot of Jews in Hollywood. Uh, and yeah, quick double tap. That's uh, that's pretty much where I was getting at. Was <laughs> some of some of the discourse suggests that you know, well, uh, you know, uh, mental illness doesn't make you anti-Semitic. It doesn't make you racist or whatever the situation is. And it's like, yeah, yeah but, but it probably helps. But can't mental illness perpetuate those issues a little bit? Like, sure, Kanye was pro- probably had these anti-Semitic views for a long time. You know. He probably hung out with Louis Farrakhan a little bit too much, but he, the mental illness can bring that out and make it vocal. Like, can't do you think it? Be true? Do you think it like roots now? None of us now we're not psychologists now, but at the same time, Dan, look out because I'm taking an intro to psych class in uh, my next semester. Oh, so I'm going to psychoanalyze the fuck out of all y'all. Oh boy, you're going to be a you're going to turn everybody into a conspiracy theorist. I'm going to be the next Jordan Peterson, brother. <laughs> I don't know if that's. Like, a, I don't know if that's a flex or it's if it's not immediately clear to me. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if that's a flex or if it is. It might be a flex. I don't know. I don't. I, don't I mostly know. like Jordan. wearing bow ties. I, I mostly like Jordan. I have. I have my disagreements with uh, with him lately, but that's just that's another but, uh, for another day. So what I was getting at is, I wonder if things like him attacking, like the Jewish the Jewish like culture has to do with like a narcissism thing like he needs he needs someone to blame for his downfall because obviously it's not him but wait but wait you know what i mean but wait it started with the tweet it started with the going defcon 3 on the death, jews no not defcon i'm sorry deathcon death 3 death. on the jews so it's like he, that, but then he's like i'm sleepy he was fine <laughs> he was fine before that and like you could you could blame something like that on like a roseanne Barr situation like oh he took ambien he fucked up and he tweeted something stupid but then he just he, kept, he just kept doubling down and kept doubling down right. and tripling and quadrupling down so, yeah, so what you're saying is he's either a like quick double tap said he's a paranoid schizophrenic which would caught what which, which would create something like that or he just keeps fucking taking ambient <laughs> It doesn't stop, dude. I I think I well the the thing that frustrates me about it is it's it's like now it's become a political issue and it's generally people like on the really fringe right at this point that are like kind of still defending him like quasi defending him. It takes a lot at this point after what he said, but there are people out there that are still doing that. But then the people on the left are like, mental illness doesn't doesn't cause that. But it's like can't both things be both things can be true. He can both be an anti Semite and mentally ill. Yeah. And yeah, it absolutely. And so like one thing what I like about like one thing that I think is positive that's coming out of all of this is because the word Nazi, the word uh racist, and all of those words are just floated around so frequently. They're so elastic, dude. Those are that, the most yeah, elastic words in the English. That language. everyone is a Nazi. Everyone's, a, you know, like because when all of a sudden everyone's a Nazi, everyone's racist, or everyone's a fascist, or everyone's a communist, or everyone's a socialist, then nobody is. But when you have a clear fucking image of somebody actually doing that, like Kanye West, you're seeing people like 
uh, Ruben, and you're seeing people like, uh, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? He has a podcast, not Tim Pool. <laughs> he has a You mean like 95% <laughs> of America? Right. <laughs> Everyone just has a podcast. I, I see his fucking face right now. He's the one that always has the sign, change my mind with the cup of coffee. Steven, you're talking about Crowder. Steven Crowder. Yeah, Crowder. Yeah, Steven Crowder. You're getting these super right-wing people that make fun of the people calling everyone a racist coming out and disparaging Kanye West for this type of behavior. Right, because this seeing... this is the actual bad fucking behavior. And th- yeah. we've talked about this before. When you sit there and you cry racist and you cry Nazi over every little tweet and maybe and this and that, then it's it's like the boy who cried wolf. I agree, I agree with you. Double Quick tap double says tap, Nick yeah. Fuentes is slime. I we, we every see see double tap gets it. <laughs> like, we know this. Yeah, and, and, and can we also talk about how like how we're, since we're talking about his mental illness, how fucking gross it is that everyone's just grifting off of it. Yeah, like if this was a regular about... Joe Schmo, he'd either be locked up on the street yelling at cars and fighting the air, or have a nice good like family circle taking care of him and trying to get him help. Yeah, but I mean, instead of that, everyone's just perpetuating might, it by giving them a fucking microphone. Well, this might be the final straw for me and Tim Pool because I, I, if you asked me two years ago, I had a decent amount of respect for Tim Pool, especially the way that he covered, you know, all the COVID lies and all that. Like Tim Pool was on top of that shit. He did a really good job. But like when that kind of started to calm down, it's almost like Tim got so big that he didn't know where to go next and now he's now th- he's grifting off of this kind of stuff where you know uh Kanye walks into his his trailer studio and uh you know gets gets uh, now to Tim's credit got questioned by him pretty severely and then walked out but it's like dude Tim we know why you had him on come on dude we know why you but had we him talked on. about that last week if Kanye West hit us up because he's now completely out of avenues to speak his his in quotations truths we would probably fucking have them. Yeah, but here's the thing: like, we'd be upfront about it. We'd be like, "Yeah, this is a complete grift. We're hoping people listen to this so that we can make money on it." Uh, like, next episode, we'll come back and start actually talking truths again. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> right. people like Tim Pool don't do that shit. They don't admit what they're doing, and nobody does. It's, it's. I mean, I don't blame them. I guess, but it's like, dude, I, like, I, yeah, like, I, I would love to tell Kanye, like, hey, you know, I'm a little like, this, I've got a little bit of Jew in me, and here I am. <laughs> Living in a fucking trailer park. He's not he, running anything. He's the real Jew. That uh, that Kanye West. <laughs> he said he's the Jew. Yeah. The, no, he he's a uh, he's yeah he says he's a uh, black Israelite or whatever it is. I don't, yeah, I black Israelite. He's actually said he was one of them, but I don't know. I I've lost track. I've lost track of uh, Kanye's uh, Kanye's fall. Is, is that all of the? Uh, housekeeping items we had um we spent way too much time talking about barry weiss last week we're gonna get back into it um because yeah you had a good take on this actually twitter files reactions are another microcosm of our society so i what i really wanted to talk about i didn't want to dig too deeply because since we talked last week there's been three more sets of twitter files um uh i think barry barry weiss's latest one was basically explaining the Trump banning situation, which was super cringe. We're not going to talk about it in depth right now. Um, the big story from this week is that is is the situation going on with Yoel Roth, who was the head of... I can't even remember the name of the department. I don't have it in front of me. The, the, the safety... 
SIP or whatever, with whatever safety it is. And, safety and procedures or safety and policy uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, at, at Twitter. And in, in Barry's second Twitter files, she had, uh, or no, I guess it was her first one, the second one overall, um, you know, put a lot of his emails and Slack messages up, um, basically talking about a lot of the issues internally at Twitter. Um, and to me, what Yoel Roth came off like to me in this was somebody who was completely indoctrinated by left-wing academia, somebody who um, I wouldn't put blame on personally. I just think that I just think that he kind of became a caricature of wokeism, and I think we see a lot of that on Twitter in gen- and in and just in the tech industry in general. So since then. Um, it's been alleged that he's been harassed. He's had to move, uh, or at least leave his home temporarily. Uh, and so I look at that and I go, why, uh, why do we get ourselves into the situation where somebody who was, you know, relatively innocent on his own merit is completely fucking scapegoated. Now, like, Yoel Roth made some mistakes, but this was obviously, when you read the Twitter files as they're coming out, uh, it's obviously a goddamn culture, and he's just part of it. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> Did you think I had more to oh, say? Like, I mean, that was just yeah. my setup. Go for it. Oh, yeah. You know, so... I was actually responding to quick double tap in the comments. I missed a part of what you said. But yeah, so what's your take on Yoel Roth? Oh, so yeah, everyone's attacking him right now. And I guess he had to leave his house and, you know, and fair enough. Like I get it. You know, people are fucking insane. And I'm kind of going off of what you were saying in our pre-show on Wednesday that uh, instead of, calling out society and like us all saying to each other like yo whoa listen i get it you're pissed because this guy obviously did something you didn't like but instead of us attacking the people who are attacking him we're attacking barry weiss matt taibbi we're attacking the messengers as in a way to kind of say, like, you can't just call people out when they do something wrong because if i like them they might be in danger and it's just I think go ahead. I think the treatment of Yoel Roth, if this is all true at this point, I you know I, I none of us have had time to like verify what's true and what's not. But I, I'm, I, I I'm can sure promise you, he did get death threats. And I'm I've sure, gotten yeah. death threats for pretending to be a boomer in groups and just saying like dumb shit, like God bless, you know, and, and things like that. And I've had people comment to me. I'm in fear for your safety, and and it's, and I know what they're trying to imply, and like obviously I'm just like I exercise my Second Amendment, I'm, my safety is just fine, and but it's uh so I can imagine a high uh, profile figure definitely getting the death threats. I'm not well, saying he was, if that's this not, is like he wasn't really high profile until his name was released. And but here's yeah, the, his name was released. Yeah, here's here's the problem. Here it's like Yoel Roth is before all this was probably just a regular guy that like probably had. A, I'm sure he had more than his fair share of Twitter followers, whatever. But like 
as far as mainstream goes, he wasn't he wasn't really that well known. And the issue that I have here is that he he his his shortcomings with regards to his handling of Twitter blacklisting and his his pushing for certain Twitter blacklisting was made public in real news that was yeah. given to us by Taibi and Schellenberger and Barry Weiss, right? Yep. And the thing that makes me want to throw up is the fact that he's receiving all this harassment and he's receiving all of these, you know, supposed death threats, whatever, because of actual news that's being reported, which gives more ammunition back to the people that want to do the censoring, right? It's like when when Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss and Michael Schellenberger tell real news, people get hurt, so we can't tell real news anymore. Yeah, or yeah, it gets exactly. presented and that's as if thing. it's right-wing grifting. And it's like, no, he told real news, and a bunch of assholes decided to take that news and scapegoat somebody for shortcomings that were company-wide at Twitter. And it's just, it's like this never ending cycle of like, that just keeps, like the people that don't want the censorship start, start giving more credence to censorship because they go out and they do shit like this and threaten Yoel Roth. Right. Yeah. And it's almost, yeah, it's like a snake eating its own tail. It's, yeah, it's, it absolutely, you're absolutely right. It's, it's just, it's gross. And I can all, like, whenever I think about things like this, when it comes to censorship, when it comes to mandating any sort of thing, I always think about how like water finds its least the the path of least resistance when it's traveling towards like you know the lowest center of uh the lowest level when it's trying to travel to sea level, right? Water always travels down its path of least resistance, and when you have people at the top, instead of taking the time that like hey. Obviously, society is a little bit broken to the idea that anytime someone hears news they don't like, they want to just give someone a death threat. Hey, bright and eyes. That anytime, like, society obviously has an issue that anytime we have a news story break that someone doesn't like, it immediately goes to death threats. Mm-hmm. And how do we actually mend that, that shortcoming on a societal whole? We blame the messenger. It's like, well, if you would have just not kicked up the leaves and made noise about this, then he wouldn't have gotten those death threats and everything would have been fine. And it's like, no, we're supposed to be kicking up the leaves because this is for the betterment of society. There are bumps in the road. We have to now deal with the bumps in the road, which is a little bit harder. And instead of just trying to silence the people and make them feel bad, well, because of you now, Yul Roth is getting death threats. It's, well, yeah, you released this this news article and now you will you will roth is getting death threats how do we get the collective to just be able to just handle news they don't like well it's here's the thing and it, it i i don't know this is this what i'm about to say is about is going to come back and bite me in the ass sometime in the next four months you just watch but it's like i just this is just where we are when we have so many people that are so hyper online and it's so easy to DM somebody or it's so easy to write an anonymous email or what is this, 1996? Uh, you know what I mean? It's like tweet at somebody from an anonymous account. Like like literally, 
it is not that hard for you or I or anybody who's watching or listening to jump on Twitter, create a bullshit account, and just send a death threat to whoever the fuck we want. No, and you're absolutely right. Uh, social media. How seriously can we take them? You know what I mean? Like, right, where yeah. do we get to and the point where, I don't know. I, I, that was just me talking on my <coughs> for a second. But I, I do feel like that's the case. Yeah. And so when, when somebody <coughs> releases a story that you don't like, you can go, shit, I found something out about Corey Walsh that I didn't like. So, and it was reported in real news. Uh, we found out Corey Walsh's son is a. <laughs> It's a Trump supporter. He's so, so, an anti-vax, anti-masker. So, so yeah, his three-year-old son doesn't like wearing a mask and doesn't like getting shot. So he's a he's an anti-mask, anti-vaxer. I'm gonna send Corey Walsh a death threat because his son, three years old, his political career is just ruined. <laughs> I know he can sell NFTs <laughs> of his own drawings, dude. Hmm. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just like. Mm, no, now I'm thinking about how the fact that I could just I could probably write just a beautiful story and actually sell NFTs drawn by a three year old. Yeah, I mean, look to me the the reaction to the Twitter files is it's it's silly because it's almost the same parable as the like, the Britney Griner exchange. Everyone's attacking Britney Griner. When she has nothing to do with it, just like everyone's attacking Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss when they have nothing to do with it other than just it happening. They're just reporting. They're just reporting what's given to them. And look, I will. I will say this. Like, I think Elon is. I'm not gonna say he's losing it, but he is definitely behaving in a way that's not helpful. I guess if that's like the like the nicest way I could put it, he is behaving oddly. Like he's behaving like somebody to me that almost like the Jordan Peterson syndrome, where when you're just attacked and attacked and attacked and crushed by the mob, you get this weird complex to where you feel like you have to fight back against everything. And 99.99999% of the population globally does not have any fucking idea what that feels like. Yeah. Uh, Quick double tap is in the comments right now talking about basically the whole premise of the show of how the narratives and stuff in the news is just such bullshit. <laughs> and how it's all a lot of it scaremongering and a heavy narrative behind it. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> and, double, double tap gets the premise of the show. Yeah, so quick double tap. Uh, a little bit of uh, historical context for you. Uh Ronald Reagan is like the main person at fault for all of this because of the fact he got rid of the fair, uh, the the fair. Oh fuck, what was that called? Dude, don't say that. Don't say it's don't say it's uh, Reagan's no, fault. It was, the Romney Republicans are going to get really mad at you. No, it was uh, the Fair and Balance Act. Fairness when doctrine. the news is supposed to be objectified or objective and things like that, and Reagan got rid of that, and that was basically what gave the rise to Fox News. That's a really that's actually a really great segue. You want to get you want to get into the the uh, Media Preservation Act just real quick. Um, I mean, I if you have, have the, the stuff in front of you, we can, of we can we can I put don't. it off to next episode. Yeah, I want to say that for the next episode because yeah. I want to get that right. Yeah, you don't want to fuck because it's funky and it's funky, but it has to be explained right because on the surface, it's one of those bullshit bills that in a if you put it into a tweet, it sounds great, but. <laughs> 
the implications that come behind it. Uh, it doesn't sound so good. Uh, the will literally neuter people like you and I. The courts are back in the news, Corey. We've got a, a couple of court stories that were basically shoved aside because we had to talk about what pieces of shit Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss and Yoel Roth are for the last two weeks, along with everybody on social media. Uh, so, I mean, in my opinion, you know, stuff that matters. So, right. So, what do you want to do first? You want to do independent legislature? Or you want to do uh, the three hundred three creative? I'm going to leave it up to you, Um, Corey. Oh, fuck. I'm not going under pressure. <laughs> um, I guess let's do the uh, the legisl- independent legislature. Independent one. legislature theory. Uh, basically, a constitutional slap in the face. I don't know if you have it right in front of you, Corey, but I have, I have a brief description if you'd like me to uh, go forward with it. This is coming from uh, uh, University of Miami. Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, so... Uh, on December 7th, 2022, the Supreme Court heard an oral argument in the second uh, of the election law cases, which the first one was like Merrill versus Milligan, but this one is Moore v. Harper, which which may have a great and far-reaching consequence constitutionally. This case concerns the independent legislature theory, which focuses on the meaning of the word legislature uh, as used in the, in the election and presidential elector clauses of the Constitution. The election clause is found in Article 1, Section 4 of the Constitution, and it reads, quote, The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof, but Congress may at any time, by law, make or alter such regulations. So, essentially, uh, the the... the I, I guess the uh, the argument here is over the word over the words legislature thereof. So there are folks that believe that legislature means what we think of as the legislature today, which is your state congress, right? Right. The way it was meant when the founders wrote the Constitution, the legislature just it meant the whole fucking thing. Right, it right. meant the executive branch, the uh, uh, it meant the, the executive branch, the courts, and the Congress. Right, and I, well, I, apparently that that's one interpretation versus the other. I, I here's the thing: I'm gonna I'm gonna be an asshole here, and I'm gonna say like, no, that's fucking what it meant. And because no, if, absolutely, if because you, read, you know you can't you can't pretend that the founding fathers were all huge and big uh the checks and balances of the constitution and wrote this whole like the articles of you know of uh the uh the federalist papers talking about the checks and balances all of this shit they did and the actual constitution of like all the like how they literally put every word under a microscope when they wrote it it took them i think like what a year and a half to write the constitution to override the articles of confederation and they're not going to make all these big deals about the checks and balances and then just be like, oh, but when it comes to state voting, it can be like a parliament. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's the, here's the thing that's, that is that drives me the most crazy. Like, this should be, like, so obvious, right? So independent legislature theorists believe that when it comes to elections whether you're talking about you know rewriting districts or you know challenging elections as we've seen as apparently is the new norm now uh 
it's only up to the state legislature and the courts have no say. So basically what you're saying is we're going, yeah, you're to, creating a we're parliament. going to remove checks and balances. Right. You're creating a parliament. Absolute nonsense, right? Yeah. Like this isn't the UK. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's as much as the Republicans want North Carolina to be like the fucking parliament in in Europe. It's not. So, Corey, what you have it in front of you, right? Like, what is more v. Har- more v. Harper? This is a case that's being that's taking place in what North Carolina right now, or yeah, it was where was it just ruled on? I don't even know. Um, it's coming. It's under. It's it's under consideration. It's coming to the Supreme Court, but yeah, it's from North Carolina. Do you have it in front of you? Like what? Like what is what is the case? Um, I'm looking at an NPR article. Then it's talking about the facts of the case and different things like that. But the independent legislative theory referred to as ISL could give state legislators independent power to put in place all manner of election rules without any re- available review by state courts. So basically what that means is like the it sounds like the North Carolina legislature could just go, all right, so from now on, if an election is challenged, we're going to have. I don't know. The state legislature vote on it, which if it's quick double tap is actually from the UK. Wow. Do you guys have a checks and check and balance uh, to where like if the parliament or like the legislator <clears throat> makes a ruling, can someone challenge that in court? I, I I don't know. So I don't I don't I'm I'm honestly asking out of ignorance because of the fact that here a you know it could be a hundred to zero. Like so, in our in our Senate, we have a uh, hundred Senate seats. All hundred could vote on something, like pro this, let's say. But then one random Joe Schmo, say me or Dan here, who have no seats of power, could literally go, "Well, this is fucked up," and then challenge it in court, and then the court can strike it down, just straight up and go, "No, nope, this is unconstitutional," and they can supersede the whole Senate voting for something. And that's, that's the check and the balance that we have here in America. And so I don't know, like I'm under the assumption that they don't have that in parliament. While, while double tamps answering, I'm sure he's typing away furiously right now on his keyboard. I I hope so. I look at this is, as as a, a crybaby, you know, losers Republican issue, right? Because, what, what what were there? I can't remember how many there were. Sixty two lawsuits or whatever that were filed by the by the the Trump campaign over the twenty twenty election, and they lost every goddamn one of them. Right by a, by judges appointed by Trump himself. And so to me, it's a way to sit there and say, "Well, I, well, I guess we." Well, can't, I don't like that outcome of that court I guess case. We can't tr- trust the courts anymore. We got we got to take back the power from the courts, and these are the same goddamn people that campaigned for 50 years on the judicial branch of our federal government yeah, so that they could overturn Roe v. Wade. And dude, and these fucking idiots, they don't even realize that like, if they did get this to happen and there was a precedent set, then, well, New York, California, New Jersey, all these blue states are going to be able to do the same fucking thing. Like, do they not realize that they're in a state that, like, oh, sometimes it goes red, sometimes it goes blue, 
but we want to make it to where it stays red. And that's what this is all based on. You know that, right? Like the Republicans had control of the legislative branch. So they tried to gerrymander the fuck out of the state to where the Democrats never had a chance of winning anything again. And it's, uh, I'm, I immediately had popped my head and go, well, this is how we need to end the two party system. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, because they lost this one election, they're so hung up on it. They're trying to throw out the, the whole system that we have. And, uh, not even thinking about that. If they if this case passes, it, it sets precedent. So they like other states can do the same thing, and dude. And that's in just the it. exact think, opposite way. I think there are so many people that are silent, like you and I, out there that were like that would that would that would say, "Dude, if the Trump campaign was able to bring evidence that that this election was fraudulent, whether whether it was this." this midterm that we just had or whether it was the 2020 election, I would have been like, I would have been all for it. Like, dude, prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Let's have a new goddamn election. You know, I w- even though I can't stand Donald Trump, I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him again. But like, I think most people in America want free and fair elections. And I think to, for the most part, we have them. We do have them. And it's just... <laughs> Did you... So- so not, I can't share all of them, but I'm going to read what he said. <laughs> he goes, government here is a little different. We don't have so much of a written constitution. We have devolved government in Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, but the power comes from London. They can argue and push to the courts, but it doesn't happen so often, which, why, which is why American politics is so interesting. <laughs> How many knots can you colonists get yourself into? <laughs> and that's funny that he says that because... He calls us colonists? <laughs> yeah, we're colonists. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, brother, back in 1776, we told you loyalists where to go. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think but it, it, courts, it's interesting because of the, the fact that, the like, saving grace, in, don't you, Corey? I think the courts are the saving grace to all of it. Uh, no, all three branches checking and balancing each other are. I understand. The courts that, having like, too much power is the same thing, too. I understand. But that, we just but like, have a document to... that is just like, it's just basically an SOP where it's like, nope. No, that's that's not not according to this in here. But the and, reason, uh, the reason I get what you're saying, but the reason I say the courts, I would say right now the courts are the most important part to all of it because and a gridlock like we have, yes, right, because it's supposed to remain apolitical, and I believe, I believe for the most part, it really has, and I was among the people that was afraid that the courts were turning you know, hyper, hyper partisan, hyper political, but we have seen, I mean, you, you can make the arguments that, you know, whatever you want to call, you know, Kavanaugh, uh, 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 you know, accuse him of running up and down the East coast during college, raping girls, you know, all that stuff is, is a completely different conversation. But like, as, as it comes to rule of law, this Supreme court to me, and I have traditionally been a liberal, a progressive I think this conservative court has done a nice job. Is it is it blasphemy for me to say that? No, I don't think so. No, and like so when he says the thing about how how many knots can you colonists get yourselves into, but I think it's funny. So like based on historical context, when the country was founded, we had a bunch of twenty and thirty year olds who were super paranoid about any sort of government having any sort of say over anything they did. To where in America the Constitution 
like everything that everything we do that it's based on isn't necessarily written about what the government can do. The whole constitution is based on restricting the government. Yeah, what the government can't do. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about power to the people and restricting the government. So it does tie us in a lot of knots, but that's by design. Because the harder you make it for the government to make any sort of ruling or any sort of legislation that can do anything that will impact the individual, they made it as hard as hell. And the bigger the population gets, the more the, 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 the tougher it gets. It yeah, yeah, it does. It's, yeah. But, but at the same time, there was a time when just recently when Obama was president, you know, the the uh, the popular the the uh, the popular uh opinion in the country was gay marriage shouldn't be a thing but it just takes one person to argue the fact that their that their constitutional rights are being uh infringed upon that they can overturn the popular vote on anything in our country and that's what that's something that's like i think that's i think pretty unique to our country to where it's like in a popular vote to where it's like if you want a really nice bike and the whole country says that's not your bike anymore, and they all vote on it, they can take it. But in America, if you have a really nice bike and someone tries to take it, and even if the whole country votes in, an, in, a, in a, some offshoot ballot and they vote on it, that they want your bike, the whole country wants your bike, you can argue that in court and say uh, that, no, you can't, based on the constitutional rights, that this is my bike, no matter how much everybody wants it. Yeah. So, in hindsight, after we're done, after, after as we finish this conversation, he's also right too, though that initially you had to be a landowner to vote. That's true, but you know, but but we've but we've made the caveat to that is, but the caveat to that is that even though in initially yes they were slave owners and slavery was allowed, that document they wrote was the document that was used to end slavery it did require and it was the document that was used to end being a landowner to vote and so it did require two or three more amendments but yes right but you know what i mean like it was it was that very document we're talking about with the checks and balances of the court with people in the court going "Mm, you know what you know they might be onto something it does say every free you know but that's the thing Corey. is like when if you want to talk about slavery like at the end of the day it was the branch of government that we're shitting on right now right this minute that ended slavery it wasn't the legislative branch wasn't the courts it was no you're right it was the legislative branch there we brought in the 13th 14th and i believe 15th amendment that ended slavery equal protection under the law Right, it is, and it goes back to what he said: of American politics are interesting. All the other, all the other branch, like all the other government bodies in other countries, it just sounds a lot more straightforward. Here, it's all fucking a little wonky, a little weird. It's not a democracy; it's a constitutional republic. It's an interesting. Like, it's it's an not interesting, about the. It's an interesting point that like our checks and balances do make things more arguable. And yeah. it does take a little bit longer to, a little bit, in many cases, a lot longer to get to the proper conclusion. Yeah. So, like, I could argue the legality of drink, drunk driving. I could argue the legality of prostitution. I could argue the legality of anything under the Ninth Amendment or the Tenth Amendment. But at the end of the day, we got to stop giving more and more power to government. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Uh. 
Anyway, what do we have next? Let me go to let me go to our our fun banners here. Oh, you, we wanted to go to uh, three hundred three creative, right? Speaking of the courts, yeah. Speaking of the courts, the legality of prejudice is it illegal or is it legal or is it illegal when it comes to government? So this, uh, this know, is this is illegal. one that makes it interesting because this isn't a court case that wasn't that was brought by a defendant but a plaintiff, and it's three hundred three creative versus Elenis. And this person who's a website designer named Lori Smith is has is just starting a business that creates custom wedding websites. Now, her personally, her religious views don't see gay marriage as sanctimonious, that she only sees religion between a man and a woman. And so she's coming to the court saying, I want to create this website and be able to be artful and create different things. But I don't want to be held accountable because I want to turn down helping gay couples with their uh, marriage websites. Now in the face, obviously, like if this, in my personal opinion, if I met her on the street and she said this, I'd be like, well, you're a fucking homophobe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what she is fighting for is the fact that it's basically, it comes down to compelled speech that she doesn't want the government to like, so freedom of speech coupled with the fifth amendment in our constitution, you can say whatever you want, or you're allowed to not say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And what this case ultimately is like implying, based on Colorado's law, they made a law about. Uh... Uh, let me see if I could find it. While you're looking, um, looking for it, I'm gonna I'm... say I'm gonna say this. Like to me, I'm with oh, you. Colorado's anti discrimination act. Which says what? Because and before, um, before I don't have the actual stuff in front of me, but I think it's like basically it, it's it's a uh, an expansion of uh, like civil rights uh, here, rulings and laws and stuff this. like here's that. The thing about this, Corey, I'm with you into where like if I had met this woman, I'd be like, "Fuck you! You're clearly a homophobe. You're clearly prejudiced against gay people." And like that's my opinion of this woman, right? From a legal perspective. It seems like it falls under the guise of being able to refuse service. Like you are able to, you are allowed to refuse service. The the difference because people are like, well, what about you know, what about Jim Crow America, where where you know uh, people you know businesses in the South were allowed to refuse biz- business to black people. It's like no, they were mandated to do that. The government mandated that black people go over here and white people go over here. There is no government mandate that says gay people go over here for your wedding stuff and straight people go over here for your wedding stuff. But as a private business owner, (coughs) she does have the right to refuse the service. Now, in the court of public opinion, she can be dragged on social media. She can be thrown under the bus by anybody who wants to talk shit about her. In fact, I would encourage that. But from a legal perspective, I, I I can't see how she can be forced to service a gay couple. Right, it does. It goes against the Fifth Amendment of compelled speech. Now, like when, so when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Westboro Baptist Church. Now, do you, I don't know if the listeners know who they are, but they are that church, a bunch of religious extremists, who go and hold up signs. <clears throat> I don't even want to say the word, but they hold up signs that say God hates F words. 
at like funerals of veterans because we're allowed to have gay, gay people the gay in the military. F words, not God hates fucks. Right. Yeah. The gay. <laughs> yeah. The gay. The gay slur. F word. Now, should a although God, gay to cake, some people God does hate fucks. Should a gay web designer be forced to make a website for the Westboro Baptist Church? Let's say they're trying to get a petition going to overturn gay marriage. Should a gay website designer be forced to make a website that is trying to overturn him being married to his significant other? Of course not. (laughs) Right, because that's compelled speech. On the flip side, it's the same thing. I think we all, like, can say in the public square, like, you're a homophobe, boycott the shit out of it, fuck them. That's you know, like this like All this chick, long. like what the fuck? Like you're like literally you're you're gonna literally leave money on the table over some bullshit principle. But even if I'm downplaying the principle, that might be something that's a like, important value to them. Mm-hmm. But that's in a free society, you're gonna have assholes. Mm-hmm. And so basically what I'm saying is is like because this one comes under artistic expression, technically, that it's not just, it's not not uh, offering them a website. It's putting time in to making something creative, which is your own personal thing. It's, dude, your it's, own at art. the end of the day, Corey, it's, it's right to refuse service. You have the right to refuse service. Like, it's, it's like, right. it, like, it, like you, you know, no shirt, no shoes, right? If you walk into my store with no shoes on, I don't have to serve you. I don't have to service you. I can kick your ass out. Obviously, this is, from a moral perspective, very different. And, you know, again, this is where the court of public opinion can make their decision. Are right. there going to be Christians who hate gay people that are going to go? So tell you what, if I don't need a website builder or a cake made, I'm not going to go to some asshole who, if <laughs> I'm not going to be there going to a place to get a cake and I see some guy in front of me, this like super nice guy. And he goes, Hey, I need you to make a cake for me and my husband because we're getting married. And they go, no, fuck you. Get out of my store. I'm not going to go, hey, you want to make me a cake? I'm going to be like, hey, you know, I'll follow you. Let's go to the next place. Right. Like, fuck this Absolutely. Place. Yeah. You it's, know what I mean? It's, it's like economics will bear that stuff out. Now, like, like she will probably still have a relatively successful business because there are going to be, I would assume in her area. There it's like the go- fucking Chick-fil-A bullshit. Yeah. There are going to be other like, Christians that hate gay people that are like, I'm going to them first, right? Like, that's going to happen. And such is their right. Yeah, no, it's it's a slippery slope because compelled speech, if you're forcing, like, I, you, you know, like, obviously, this is, sounds like, I just, I just had this image pop in my head of some guy sitting there with the police over him as he's writing happy gay marriage, like, crying, and the police are holding guns to him, telling him that he has to do it. But, uh, like, obviously it's not that, but I truly believe that in our country, compelled speech on, as a, on a, on a objective whole is a dangerous, dangerous slope. If you're going to force someone to use their artistic expression to do something that they don't want to do has the flip side of forcing someone that is a disparaged community being forced to do something that they don't want to do. 
Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it's just this this is this is a fundamental right to refuse service morally to you and I and to it sounds like double tap as we've been having a conversation here. Uh, Morally, it's fucked up and you and I wouldn't support it. But from a legal perspective, she's allowed to refuse service Uh, to me. I mean, I think it's I think it's just that simple. Right. Like, yeah, that's the thing, too, is it's like. She's not refusing. Uh. So a website is something so niche, you know, it's such a thing where it's like artistic expression. If it was like a bus and two gay guys are trying to get on a bus that the guy driving the bus, regardless of they're straight or gay, what he's doing doesn't make a fucking difference. I think something like that is illegal. A bus is going to be owned by a corporation who isn't going to get And it's going from one spot to another regardless. A bus bus driver doesn't have the right to be like, you're gay, get off my bus, right? Right. Like the owner of that busing company could be like, we're, could be like, you know, we're not, we're not servicing gay people. Don't you think? The owner of the busing company? Ah, see, so that's so different. That one is a little different. different. I I actually just talked myself out of it as I was saying it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like if a bus is like going from like 4th street to 6th street well, and then, it doesn't matter it if the guy that hops depend, on the right? bus to go from 4th street to 6th street is gay or straight but I think, it would, I think it would also depend right because now you're talking about a busing company that is using public roads Okay, so that's that, owned by the government that, yeah that, so yeah right uh, there that immediately that changes it right there but like if it's uh, you know if it's a uh, but at the end of the day, I guess my point was at the end of the day, I don't think you're ever going to have that issue with a like large corporation, right? Like, so the person that's going to have an issue is going to be the bus driver, right? That sees a couple of you know fruity homos getting on his bat on his bus, and is going to be pissed and doesn't want to drive them around. Well, it's not up to him, right? And and the CEO of that busing corporation is going to be like, yeah, I really don't care who rides my bus. I just want their money. I think that's how most corporations behave. Right. But like a small yeah. business like <laughs> this. It's so it's tricky, you know, and like I said, like leg- legally, like when they, I guess in this instance, in this very minute instance of creative expression where you're using your personal talent to create something, create art, create imagery, create a ga- graphic or anything like that. You shouldn't have to force an artist to paint any sort of racist rhetoric or homophobic rhetoric, just like you shouldn't have to force some religious fanatic to do, to not do that. Or, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't want to see a gay man being forced to make a cake or to make a website that goes against everything that he believes in because that's just morally wrong. And even though I don't morally agree with someone else's values because I think they're an idiot, I don't think, that meet my opinion of their idiocracy should supersede their legal right to uh, personal freedoms. That's that's actually interesting. That's interesting because going back to the busing portion of this, you know, whether it's okay to kick a gay man off your bus, imagine if somebody... Maybe let's make him sit in the back. No, dude, imagine somebody <laughs> wearing... Uh, the I was kidding, obviously. Imagine somebody wearing a double bolts patch and a swastika on his arm getting on that bus. You allowed to kick that guy off? For right. His, for his views? Are you? I'm asking. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, no. 
You can sit in the like. I think that if I see him, I might give him a swing and well, catch a case. That's the thing but, is, like, somebody gets on a bus wearing that stuff, somebody's probably kicking their ass. So, I mean, the court of public opinion bit. will take care of him, exactly, yeah. But the thing is, like, 50 years ago, you know, somebody who was openly gay getting on a bus, I would have said the same thing, right? Like, somebody's probably going to kick their ass. It's, I don't know. I, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but it's... <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no. but that that goes to uh, yeah the yeah freedom goes both ways. Like quick double tap, just said yeah. Like there's goods and there's there's good parts of freedom and there's bad parts of freedom that are going to make you uncomfortable. There are consequences to freedom, right? There are consequences, right. and the consequences of that is one asshole website designer out of a million saying that they're not going to make websites for gay couples getting married. Right. At the end of the day, okay, fine. Take it to right. the next web designer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's uh. You know what the thing is like kind be, of, it's, only it's because it's like the fact that Corey. it's a double edged sword, Corey, because it's like making this a public story now gives that homophobic web designer uh, more business, more business because there are going to be people that see the story and go, "I love that. I hate gays too." And they're like, "I want to, I want to, I want to have them design my my wedding uh, website." And it's like, when if they had just been like, "All right, fine, fuck you," we'll go to like all the Christians lining up at Chick Fil A because they said they publicly said they were against gay marriage. Yeah, or going to Hobby Lobby to buy all their paints. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's oh, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating, but it's every law here sets precedence that if you force a homophobe to make a to make a website for a gay couple, then you are, on the flip side you're going to force a gay person to make a website for somebody who is literally creating a website to, that is a petition to nullify their marriage i think that's i think that's a, a great way to end that topic Corey. we've only got one left we actually got through i think everything we wanted to talk about tonight which is what is it what is it oh my god dude i'm so fucking pumped about this one are you because i'm <laughs> i you know what's funny is like i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let you go first and give you the and, and give the people that kind of the the precipice of what we're talking about here, which is that, you know, nuclear fusion. And then you're going to try to shit at me. It's very possible. No, dude, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the nihilist that I am. And I'm going to tell you how politics are going to fuck it all up. Go ahead, Corey. So first off, this is about nuclear fusion. And so for like, we talked about this on the show, Jesus, almost like a year ago now, huh? When, uh, in France, what was it? We We did a show called Jesus. No, <laughs> no, Jesus is that was by the Christmas episode for Jesus's birthday, our Lord and Savior. Uh, it's really close. <laughs> we're ten days away. But uh, so a year ago, we were talking about nuclear fusion versus nuclear fission. Fission. Now, nuclear fission is what all the nuclear plants in the world do right now, where they use heavy metals and they separate atoms, and it creates a bunch of energy. And in doing so. That energy gives us power in our homes and things like that. And it is one of the cleaner sources of energy versus coal or natural gas or fossil fuels. Nuclear fusion is what the sun does. And it uses, like, well, the sun uses gravity because the mass is so big. 
But here, what they're doing is they're using lasers to force atoms together, and that friction of them being forced together when they want to be pushed apart creates an ample amount of energy. In theory, well, it was theory until what was it Tuesday? Let me just set it in up in California. For you. I'm gonna set it up for you. Yeah, uh, science scientists at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory's National Ignition Facility (NIF), where the experiment took place, are no doubt both excited and relieved to finally fulfill the promise implied by the name of their facility, which is. The fact that they were finally using nuclear fusion able to extract more energy from, or the, or, I'm sorry, than what they put in. Yeah, because it takes a, a ridiculous amount of energy, energy to make up for that mass of, uh, that gravitational mass that the sun has. And so in doing this, it, yeah, it, it's, it's the... In something they've been working at since like the 60s, it's like the cleanest form of energy that uh, is that we know of that is going to be reliable and uh, not have to use child slave labor or re- hope the wind blows or anything like that, like windmills or solar panels. And so, why it's a big breakthrough though is for the first time they were able to create nuclear fusion and it output more energy than they put in. Which theoretically wasn't supposed to be uh, able to do until like just now. So here's the, here's the so, interesting part. Right so here. it's compared. Compa- so he said, uh, quick double tap said, it's not super clean, just won't blow up. So comparatively compared to nuclear energy or anything like that, like the, uh, the the weight radioactive byproduct of this like more or less dissipates versus having to bury it in the ground like nuclear fission. And you're right, it won't blow up because they can just turn it off. So like like nuclear fission can cause a chain reaction like Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, Fukushima, to where all of a sudden it's so chaotic that they can't get their hands on it and contain it to where nuclear fusion, all they have to do is just turn off the energy. That's causing it to happen, right? Which makes and then it, it dissipates, which makes it clean and safe. Yeah. So this is. I, I'm I'm going to tell you the problem here. So this 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 clearly has remarkable potential, right? Who knows where in the hell this is going to start as far as like building infrastructure for this? But here here's my concern, Corey. We've finally cracked nuclear fusion. Hopefully more R&D gets put into this. We figure out how to make reactors and like make it to where we can use it. Yeah, and so real quick, just sorry to cut you off, but like so when we talked about this roughly a year ago, what we're talking about right now, uh, projections to getting to where we are right now is like decades in the future, mm-hmm. but it happened a year later. And that's only based on a $3 billion project out of NIF. To where now imagine how much money is going to get dumped into this from the government. Are you sure? So yeah, so you're you. you know one I'm other problem with the American this. politics you know is how capitalism is so ingrained into it, to where lobbyists are able this, to shut shit down. This is a perfect opportunity for the green energy nerds and the fossil fuel companies to join fucking teams. In a, in a Republican Democratic fashion, the green energy nerds and the fossil fuel turds 
are both dirty fucking energy. And we've we've gone over why green energy is not green multiple times on this show. I'm not going to do it today. Go listen to one of our previous episodes. It's not green. Uh, this is the perfect opportunity for those lobbyists that are already established to figure out a way to make sure that this is slowed down. When in reality, what we all need is for tomorrow, the research to figuring out how to harness this energy and turn it into something that we can actually use is exactly what mankind needs. Money money ain't behind it. And money won't be behind it. And so that think, is uh, my yeah. fear. That's my fear, Corey. My fear is it's that probably gonna get fossil government fuel subsidized. lobby and the green energy lobby are both going to fucking shut this thing down in the same way that the green energy lobby wants to shut down carbon capture. Even though gar- carbon capture is good, good for the Yeah, we talked about that on an episode recently of how they figured out a way to uh, do carbon capture that they, to where they could just put it on top of a smokestack. But why don't the green energy people want carbon capture? Because it incentivizes oh, because they want green fossil energy. fuels. <laughs> yeah. At least that's their argument. It's bullshit, but that's their argument. But yeah, oh, they, uh, double tap said hot water drives turbines, steam boom. And that's true. You know, like steam actually was used before we got into more fossil fuels and oils and stuff. And a steam boom but, is a lot better creates, than a nuclear like, it's boom. It's the energy that creates the heat for the steam. Is what the sticking point is. Like, what are you going to use? You're going to use like wood. You're going to use coal. Something's got to create that energy. Well, and a and a steam boom doesn't like produce nuclear waste that's going to shut down an entire fucking area for fifty years, right? Like, I'll take a steam boom over, uh, uh, you know, a nuclear fission meltdown. Well, no, he said hot water drives turbines. We're talking about just like clean, renewable energy. He's re- he's referring to what the, the Hoover Dam. Oh, see, I was sitting here. The Hoover negative. Dam is thought, literally just water meant, turbines on a, a river. Steam boom. Oh, <laughs> no, no, he's, he's like, you know, like the Hoover Dam powers uh, half of the West Coast. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> for now. But it's not, yeah, it's just the turbines turning, you know, and, uh, but yeah, now, but now we're seeing of, the Colorado of, River of water, dry up. Yeah, they're running out of water. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem out there. It's it's a big deal that no one's really talking about. Um, but theoretically, putting energy into something and getting more energy out of it because of things like friction and stuff, like in physics, it was like theoretically impossible. But this right here is a huge scientific breakthrough. Yeah, I'm I love it, but I'm you know me. I'm the nihilist. I'm the skeptical one. Like something bullshit. We're not gonna see it for the, like ten years or so. Something but. bullshit and political is gonna shut this <coughs> thing down. We're gonna make people scared, just like just like we made people scared of nuclear fission because of like three actually two major catastrophes and another two potential catastrophes. What do you mean another two? I know three mile island. What's the other one? Oh, I'm talking about Chernobyl and Fukushima were the two big, big fucking big, terrible oh, catastrophes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Then you're right. Then there was only Three Mile Island. You're right. So one almost and two bad ones. And Fukushima and Chernobyl were both remarkably preventable. Uh, we know nuclear is safe as it is now, just as fission. Imagine how safe this could be. 
when it's harnessed properly. Yeah, I'm I I, I might have an physicist, but this made me pop a little uh boner nerdy uh boner. Yeah. It's uh, this is just so exciting. Like something so like there's a every once in a while like I, I latch on to like some scientific study and stuff and I just get super super stoked about it. And one was CRISPR, which was what created the uh, mRNA vaccine. And I was following CRISPR for like five or six years before that. And I always thought that it was absolutely insane of how they can just genetically modify DNA. And then they started doing it. Now, granted, we could talk about the vaccines and their effectiveness and this and that. That's a whole different thing. The science science itself of CRISPR is absolutely insane. Nuclear fusion now is on that level of something I've been following that is just like, like, this is fucking wild, man. Like, what a time to be alive. They created a tiny sun, Dan. Somebody's got to figure out how to make, uh, somebody's got to figure out how to make this profitable for people that would essentially. Apparently there was a nuclear power disaster in Britain that was hushed up. I'm going to have to watch that YouTube video later. All right, it's it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I'm going to sit here and take Double Tap's uh, video without seeing it as utter truth. However, how many people died is, I guess, is what I would ask. And maybe Double Tap will answer that question for us. Compared to uh, how many people have died from, from burning fossil fuels and other ways. Yeah, China, it. India with coal. Like, yeah, it's... it's it's a wash at in the in the very least, like, like, and a I lot more people have died from fear, fossil fuels. The fear at the most. of the fear of nuclear fission is that yes, when it goes wrong, goddamn it, it can go really, really wrong, as we know of with Chernobyl. But it just doesn't. It doesn't happen because we know how dangerous this shit is, and as long as we keep up on that, I'm I'm fine with it. And not to mention. It seems like, based on the limited uh, physics knowledge that I have, which is very fucking limited, that fusion will be even safer than that. Yeah. So you because think, it can be turned off. So you think about the uh, the amount of um, you think about the amount of people that died from nuclear power so far. It just isn't that many. I mean, the 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 the, the biggest numbers given even for Chernobyl are in like the 500s. I was like, you don't want anybody to die, of course. But there's give and take here. So So I'm actually going to bring this up. Double Tap brings up the nuclear waste issue. So nuclear waste, if... All you, I think all you, I, th- I think it's Denmark. Is it Denmark that does a lot of does a lot of the nuclear, or is it the Swiss? It's one of the two. Um, these countries have been using nuclear power for fifty years, and we're talking about putting fifty foot high stacked like oil drums, and you're only covering about the size of. Double tap is, uh, he's English, so he'll appreciate this, football fields uh, or soccer fields here in America. And it's going to take about 100 years to fill a soccer field 50 feet high for the entire country. Like, you're, you're not talking about that much space when you're talking about dealing with nuclear waste from nuclear fission at this point. 
it's not perfect. Like obviously you want no waste. That would be that would be perfect, but I how how do you create power without waste? That doesn't exist at this point. <coughs> right. Like is matter like it goes to Einstein, matter can't be created or destroyed. Yeah, so when you're talking um, about you're talking about like I think it was put I can't remember who said who who said this, but um you and me, Corey, if we live to be 80 years old, each of us would create about a coffee can of nuclear waste in our lifetime if our entire lives were powered by nuclear power. That is an incredibly l- small amount of waste. <laughs> so it's it's easy to store those small amounts of waste. Why do you look so focused? What are you focused on? Um, sorry, this person just they just hopped into the stream right at the end and they didn't hear anything we said. And he goes, the courts aren't Twitter, huh? You should read Supreme court case 22, 380. And I was looking at it, but <laughs> why would you subject yourself to that right now? I know. I'm sorry. Uh, you know how I go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, yeah. It, it, uh, double tap brought up the, uh, uh, 24,000 years of an oil drums worth of nuclear waste is, is 24,000 years. For an oil drum, I get it. Takes a long time for the stuff to break down, but when you're when you're talking about the amount of space that it takes up, God, the amount of time it would take for any significant landmass to be filled up with nuclear waste would take forever. And by then, you would hope that the technology would grow to the point where we don't need to use nuclear fission anymore. And that, and the good news is, we've already gotten there, <laughs> and hopefully, can make it better. Look, and now I'm the optimistic one. There you go. Stop fretting about what other people... Stop fretting about what people are saying on the feed, Corey Walsh. I'm sorry. I'm going to make it so that you can't see this shit anymore. I'm going to find a way. I know. This has happened like three times this episode. Why are people saying mean things Car- about us? <laughs> no, he didn't say anything mean. I just like I saw a court case number, and I'm like, okay, I'll look at that. Uh, Carbonated, go ahead and listen to the whole stream. I don't think it is what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like don't believe the headline. Read the right. article. It's like, oh, gotcha. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's it. Do we have anything I else? I think that's it. We got through fucking everything. I am so proud of us tonight, Corey. Look at us. Give ourselves a pat on the back. Uh, the of podcast. Oh, obviously, sorry, hold on. Got to give got to give a shout out to Double Tap, who's uh, who's been in the 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 comments all night here. Uh, obviously, Bright and I showed up to see us. Uh, a few others. Right now is the OG vegan happy feet or vegan pretty feet. We love you, uh, and everybody else who uh, commented here tonight. Uh, we love you. Anyway, go ahead, Corey. The Absurdive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is absurdiveshow.com. We can be found at Absurdive on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Absurdive Pod. You can find our transcripts at Absurdive Podcast at WordPress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Absurdive Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Yeah. And obviously, uh, if you're on any major podcast platform, just search Libservative. And uh, I think yeah. we're the only one there. Give us a review. If it's a good one, we'll read it on the air. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast. And then it'll just give you guys something to talk about instead of just, I don't know, sports. <laughs> or, how, or how evil Barry Weiss and Matt Taibbi are. Right. Anyway, until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. This has been Conservative, and we are out of here. We the people cannot end that.